0: I know the DJ!
1: Do you?
0: Welcome to episode 20 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of host Snacks.
1: Give me Snacks, baby!
0: AKA Snack Steel, powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor, Anchor. As always, I'd like to shout out our black-owned business of the week, Adorn Boutique Studio, a boutique kids' party venue suited for children ages 5 to 13 years old. More than just a kids' party venue, Adorn is a posh destination that defines exclusive pampering. Um, title lug- luxuries and all inclusive party package you can check them out at adornboutiquestudio.com or on instagram at adorn studio now introducing our guest for today's episode representing team Hennessy, boston with 20 years experience of bringing people together through nightlife and curated events we have rob eugene aka boston rob in the building came you. correct <laughs> with a ball of Hennessy so we've obviously poured up um welcome we're super happy to have you cheers hey, cheers shit. everybody just take a sip real quick and done right all future guests please take notes <laughs> <laughs> you clearly come correct every time I mean it's it's it, it's you, only right yeah you're definitely the full package here welcome man I appreciate you being here um, and it's funny because, you know, we spoke, you know, we were, uh, connected through a mutual friend, yep. shout out Sid. Um, Sid. and you know, we were going back and forth texting and stuff. And then we meet accidentally, <laughs> like, was it Friday?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's like
0: five days ago. And <laughs> I walk into the spot and I look and I'm like, yo, that's the dude I'm about to interview <laughs> in a couple of days. And I go up to you. Obviously you didn't, you were yeah. kind enough to just like shake my hand, even though you of didn't course. know who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, I mean, I recognized you. Yeah. But, but I was just like, yo. I'm literally interviewing you in five days. <laughs> good to meet you. Um, so just really weird how the world works, but uh, we're finally here. How is everything? How's it going? Doing mine?
1: well, doing well, man. I can't complain, considering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: you know, as, it's, as it suggests um, in the intro, 20 years in the game just through whether it be nightlife or event curating or anything like that. Yeah. What was that start like?
1: Uh, actually, it started in college. I uh, went to BU for undergrad. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. Uh, i show my age, so... <laughs> uh, graduated from latin oh sorry graduated from latin school in 97 oh shit no way yeah where where uh did you grow up i grew up in dorchester
0: oh no doubt no doubt
1: yeah um i've been in boston all my life yeah yeah yeah. so uh got to bu obviously 97 uh second semester 98 uh there was a group called uh, la familia Mm. they had already started throwing parties in boston (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It was uh
0: like not like a school sanctioned group or like that was just No, like no, the no, click. that was just a click. Yeah, That's what they yeah, call yeah. themselves.
1: And it was it was really cool because it was so diverse. Mm-hmm. It was it was a group of like it was an Indian cat, uh Latino, uh who else is them Couple of black cats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was when I tell you it was like a United Nations group, yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. was Let's a little go. bit of everything. So, when we came together to throw parties, it was like that's what the room looked like, mm-hmm. and it was amazing because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time in Boston, it wasn't right, that's not right, what the scene right. was like. It right. was literally like you had your white parties, mm-hmm. you had your black people here, mm-hmm. Latin night, and right now, and, and Asian parties, they had their own clique. Yeah, 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 so when we had these parties, it was like. All-encompassing. It was. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And uh. And it was. It was pretty inspiring to see that. You know, being from from Boston. You know, I grew up in Dorchester. You know, we we had diverse. You know, culture is diverse, but not as much as you know people from coming from all parts of the world. You know, going to BU. Mm-hmm. So where I came in, my my niche was that I I was a local guy. So right, I had people right, coming right. from Boston proper yeah, to these yeah, parties yeah. and meeting people from all over the world. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah, kind of from Dorchester so you never I run into a girl from Turkey down the street <laughs> right <laughs> you right, know right, what I mean yeah. so it was like oh man this is this is amazing
0: yeah yeah I I uh, finished school at Suffolk All and right. uh, I grew up in Rosendale. yeah and so I know exactly where you're talking about where like you'll just see these kids and um, especially the kids that come from other parts of New England yeah so they come from like New Hampshire. And think Boston is like a New York, or like even like a Dubai. To be honest, like they see the lights and they're like, "Oh, like it's so nice." But to us, it's like, yeah. I was walking through downtown at five years old. Like it's whatever. Yeah. Um, And then just seeing their perspective of being able to like meet the different kinds of people, the inner city people that. You can just tell when you, like, walk in a room and look at them, you know who's from Boston. Right. And tell, like, people who just, like, visited here or, like, are just going to school here. Yeah. What was the music scene like at that time? You talking about? yeah, no, I mean,
1: but we do hip-hop parties. It was all hip-hop and R&B. So, like, and that's what everybody, that's what brought everybody together. Mm -hmm. Like, that, you know, the common love for hip-hop and R&B, so.
0: Word, that's what's up. Yeah. And at what point did you shift into, like, actual, like. So, so I graduated
1: in uh, 2001. Um. I want to say I got involved with a couple of parties here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to like the big break. You could say the breakthrough was uh, an opportunity at a spot called blue wave. Mm-hmm. So blue wave was a lounge on Congress street in South Boston. Uh, the owner was Iranian Word. and uh, you know, the restaurant was doing okay during the daytime, but it had an entertainment license. It was like, Hey, right. you know, I want to do some stuff at night. Like a buddy of mine named Herbie, he's the one that brought me in. Um, and then I actually brought Kareem on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, when you said
0: Blue Wave, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the spot that Reem said. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. got his start as so well. So Kareem had just
1: finished school in Atlanta. And when he came back, he was just like, he was interested in, in promoting. Yeah. So the opportunity came. I was like, hey, you want to hop on? And then we did that for a few years together. Um, you know, eventually the relationship broke off. I stayed there a little bit longer. So I ended up having an eight-year run there every oh, Saturday shit. night. Yeah. What it, What's there now? I think it's like a barbecue place or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Eventually, like. The whole scene on the Seaport changed, and yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the business started moving towards Seaport Boulevard, and we were on Congress Street, mm-hmm. so the restaurant aspect was just, just died out. It was a lot more, like, takeout options and, mm. you know, more dining options further on the other side. Right. So, you know, the nightlife wasn't enough to sustain the business and end mm-hmm. up selling. So um, I forgot to mention, so towards the end of Blue Wave, uh, Eddie Furman, who now owns uh, Saver,
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. became
1: a partner there.
0: Word, word, word.
1: So, you know, he gained his a lot of his experience there and was able to then yeah. go to Saver, you know, a few he years later. I, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's fire. And yeah. what was, how would you describe the state of nightlife, the state of music, the state of going out at that time?
1: Uh, I mean, we were winning because there wasn't a lot for us. I right. mean, you know, yeah. options. I mean, people were playing hip-hop, but they didn't care for our, our crowd, so to say. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? 100%. It was like, it was always a challenge. Uh and we were able to provide it all, you know. I mean, we had we had food up until midnight. Ooh, and yeah, I like that. And it was a small spot. We I think we had a 200 capacity, mm-hmm. so it was literally by like 11:30, we were already done for the night. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless you knew somebody, you weren't getting in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was literally like that every single mm-hmm. weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And we did a good job of like bringing different DJs in. Um, we did a few special guests when we could. I actually had Nas there if you believe in that. Damn, not. that's crazy. Yeah. Uh he had done the Rock bell, Rock the Bells. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, right. you know, they that's how that's how few options they were at the time right, that Nas right, ended right. up at Blue Wave. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh had Talib Kwali. Damn,
0: that's dope.
1: Uh I'm trying to think who else showed up there. Um Camp Lo. Oh <laughs> yo yeah Camp had, Lowe is such Camp an Lowe. underrated Yeah I know they artist. were ahead of, they were ahead of their time Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like
0: yeah. especially cuz now like you have like the Roddy like the sing songy yeah, trap exactly. stuff
1: like Camp Dude, drop Luchini right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a big music kid. <laughs> no, course, yeah, dude, we can chop. Up we, we can take 30 minutes off of this episode. It's funny. Music. DJs used to get annoyed at me. i like, I could hear a song. Like, try this after that because the BPM. Oh, right. Like, I could hear. This. Oh shit! So you're tapped in, <laughs> which is
0: which is uh, I appreciate to hear because so many promoters are yeah. so. Um, separated from music.
1: I mean, right now, I'm kind of tone deaf. A lot of the new stuff, I can't. (laughs) I mean, dude, I'm I'm 26 and
0: I feel that way. Like, I have a 16-year-old sister and... You know, she's all on the TikTok and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. I know you have daughters, yeah, and stuff. yeah. Oh, no, they're on. And, and she's playing music or whatever, and I'm like, like I feel like the older where <laughs> I'm like, this you listen to this music back in my day, like. Well, it's funny, like that.
1: ironically, about TikTok? My daughters are hearing like old school songs, and they're starting to hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing them singing. And I'm like, how do you know this song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's TikTok. And yeah, it's, it's so funny to me. So yeah, that's something that it's kind P- of bridging P- the gap a little bit too. Yeah, that's
0: something that Real P and I were talking about when he was on here. How it it it, it kind of destroys music in a weird way, but also like uplifts. Other music in another way, yeah. Um, And it's you know, there's a you know, me being a DJ and just studying music all the time. Like there's certain Spotify playlists that are called like viral hits or like popping on TikTok, and it's just the list of what's going on. Yeah. And you'll see songs from the 70s, from the 80s, and then obviously the new stuff. It's just so random. It's so random, and and it's crazy how it's kind of, um, you know. Well, radio used to do, kind of dictate what's popping, what's hot right. and what people are actually listening to. Right. Um, you know, you have you looked into TikTok at all? Have you nah, been on it like that? I nah,
1: just I mean, I'll go on like honestly, I'll check out like a workout or like yeah, uh yeah, yeah, just yeah. you know, or like what's hot on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Things you need to buy. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Super I know, stuff I know like exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 crazy
0: because I was so anti TikTok at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And I was like, No, this is stupid and like and I'm a you know, being twenty six, like I'm a big. I came from the Vine era. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so I was like, "Nah, this is a knockoff of Vine." This yeah, is yeah, Vine. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started seeing yeah, like Amazon stuff where it's like just yeah. people that like show cool shit that I yeah, yeah. like, wouldn't be able to find. Right, or like uh, yeah, the workout stuff. Yeah. Like, it's really really. And a lot cool.
1: of there's a lot of like comedians posting things on there too. Yeah, which is yeah, like, like
0: like you could find like your your literally. your lane in there and like really pop yeah. off. Um. So that's yeah. I mean. How did you go about like booking DJs then if you're if you felt more a little bit in tune with music at the time that you were really throwing parties?
1: Uh I would book DJs based off of seeing them DJ or hearing them DJ at other parties for the mm-hmm. most part. Um and I and I kept it pretty small at first. Uh a lot of actually I could say a lot of DJs kind of got their start there. Uh Papa Don. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I think Cisco was probably one of the first. Mm. I was probably one of the first guys to book him in Boston. Wow. Um Dope. Yeah, and then you know later you know, later on, and like, you know, towards the end, like, real P came along, he's DJ there. I mean, I think anyone at that time, I gave a shot, just even yeah. if they weren't great. And then, you know, if you were good, then yeah, gotta get you to come back. Yeah, DJ yeah. Playtime, who's out in Connecticut, he was like a household name there. He was a regular. He would drive from Connecticut to Boston and right, DJ, right. which was good. Yeah.
0: And did you, cause I know uh, in the current scene, you know, uh, I've seen it where, a lot of promoters and DJs and venues need to tiptoe around certain things in the urban community mm-hmm. to be able to stay alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we can't allow this to avoid that. Yeah. Was that how it was back then as well? Or was it things um, a little bit... I feel like without social media, things were a little bit more free Yeah, maybe. but,
1: I mean, there was a little bit of that. Like, I'm I, I, not going to lie. I tended to stay away from the DJs that did, like, certain other parties, you know, because, mm. you know, for whatever reason, like, that wasn't what I was going after. and I, And I felt like the DJ had a lot of, like, Dictating the crowd, yeah. Like, the music, di- I wanted the music to di- dictate the crowd, not necessarily me being the promoter or who was spinning. Like I just wanted the music to be mm. consistent in terms of it being very feel good. Mm-hmm. Started off, it was always like it was almost like a format. Like you start off with some Neil Soul, mm. going into some you know higher tempo R and B, reggae, and then play you know a small sh- like a small set of like the hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't about what was popping, yeah, right? At Especially because
0: it wasn't the big, like, clubs, exactly. You know what I'm this exactly. was a lounge, like, 200-head exactly. lounge, like, yeah. you know. so it was
1: always, like, a mature vibe. Yeah. You know, once in a while you get your knuckleheads because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, there course. are women there, and that's, that's all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, of
0: course. Um. And was that, like, your full-time gig, like, doing these events and doing uh, these parties?
1: Not initially, you know, I was working full-time, and then um eventually, like, the money got really good, and so I, I was able to do that full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started working... At the restaurant, I bartended. I became oh, the bar shit. manager. Oh no way! Yeah, I ended up owning a piece of the business towards the end. Oh so, shit! Wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah so you're definitely so, so invested I graduated yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's dope. Uh, yeah, I was sad to see it go, and I, I was it was terrible. I mean, there hasn't been a blue wave like a place like it since, like in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. what that that vibe was.
0: And did you always study like business? Like was business always your background? No. Or? So
1: so in college, I studied international relations. I, I thought I was going to work for the UN. That was my goal. Like, uh, yeah, international yeah. health. And I always worked in healthcare environments. So I worked oh, okay. at Spalding Rehab, Harvard Medical, Bethesda mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, I think that was, I mean, and that was throughout, through college and then after graduating. Word. Yeah. Word. And then um, once I started promoting full time, I took some odd jobs here and there when things got slow. Did some temping. Um, and then, you know. Hennessy came knocking, basically.
0: Yeah, please tell me about <laughs> that transition, like how that came about and yeah, kind of so, what you do there
1: now. Yeah, so, so Team Hennessy is a national program. So what I do here in Massachusetts, uh, Boston specifically, uh, there's a representative in almost every major city in the U.S. So Miami, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York, there's two representatives. L.A. has two. Um, New Jersey. So we're, we're all over. So it started off with, like, four cities. I think it was L.A., Chicago, New York. In Miami. Uh Makes sense. So as it it started to expand, you know, they came looking in Boston. And so uh, the first call was to the local distributor, which is uh, Martinetti United Liquors. Um, So they're responsible for selling the product. So uh, they're like the sales reps. They're like, uh, you know, they're the ones that go into the accounts and try to move the product. So, of course, they're like, all right, who can we talk to or who should we interview for this position? Like we need someone who knows the scene. Has connections, blah, blah 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 blah, et cetera, et cetera. So, their first person was me. That's who they they that was the first referral. So I had worked with the distributor on different parties. I had done stuff with Hennessy before mm-hmm. this was even a position.
0: So, they were try They specifically wanted to infiltrate, like obviously, the market that would be drinking lots of Hennessy, exactly. which is party market, and then yep. a specific community within that party market, exactly in a place like Boston, where it's like literally. Black and white. Exactly. Um, and so and so you would say that you became that first referral just because of your success through promoting and through Correct. being in Yeah. And and or, and
1: and some of my personal relationships as well. Um my my guy at the time, Julian, uh, he was working there as a sales rep. Um, I actually worked a little while as a uh merchandiser. Like I was trying to so basically it's like a stepping stone when you get into sales. Like if you go in without any experience, you, become, you go in as a merchandiser. Mm. And then you know, it's like you pay your dues, you learn the ropes, you learn the business, and you do that for X amount of years. And then the next, then you kind of navigate your way. You become a sales rep, portfolio manager. There's like a ton of different opportunities. Um, so I was only in the job about, I don't know, mm-hmm. six to eight months. and
0: uh, As a merchandiser. <laughs> as
1: a merchandiser. Oh, yeah. And then um, I was selected to do something for Hennessy. Yeah, I think I forget what the program was. And uh so I had a night out, I think it was it was at Caprice at the time. I don't know if you remember Caprice. This is am Young at, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Caprice was like a smaller space, it was next to the Roxy.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh
1: yeah. and uh so I'm doing this I'm I'm doing this thing for Hennessy and then the distributors come in and they're like, What's Rob doing here? <laughs> so they had no idea that as I was a merchand- as a, I was a merchandiser, but I was also a nightclub promoter. Right. So at that time they were wait, like, Wait, so wait. but that wasn't so that was the thing. So this came so this was after it was later on uh, that the opportunity with Team Hennessy came.
0: Oh, I got it. I got so it. So
1: basically there it. was a no moonlighting policy. So me working for Martin during the day, I wasn't supposed to have a second job. Right. So they saw that as a conflict that I'm out working, promoting till two o'clock in the morning, and then I'm calling on the counter as early as like seven A. M. the next day.
0: For the sake that just for the sole reason that like you could be Oh, coming in tired or, like, not at your yeah, best. Yeah,
1: exactly. Not at my best, basically. So uh-huh. HR calls me, and they're like, hey, you're oh. going to have to decide what you want to do here. Oh,
0: As, as a DJ, <laughs> I, like, I do the 9 to 5 thing. Like, I went to college. Yeah. Like, I have, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, immigrant family. Like, I got to keep working. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, like, been a nightmare for me. Yeah. Where, like, someone from work, like, HR, is out at the club that I'm playing. And it's like... <laughs> Isn't that, (laughs) that I get the call the next day. That's my fucking nightmare. The fact that that happened to you is
1: insane. Yeah, and, you know, I couldn't survive off of the salary alone for a merchandise. I think at the time it was like, I don't know, 30, 35 grand. Something silly. It was just like, I was doing it because it was a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So I was just like, all right, well, I guess I got to let this go. So Team Hennessy came years later, which was why I was like, all right, we know Rob. Right. We know he's in the scene already. Right, right. We've right. worked with him. Wow. So, but it wasn't automatic. <laughs> right, right, right. So they interviewed a bunch of people from Boston, promoters, DJs, like just Interesting. influencers. I mean, obviously that wasn't a thing at the time. Right, but, right, right. Um, we didn't really have that title, influencers, yet. Right. social media wasn't as big as now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the first phone call interview, and it was terrible. Like, it tanked. Uh, I was supposed to be at, like, noon... And the woman that I was interviewing with said, Oh, can we push it back to four? Oh, now yeah, now it's so 4 p.m. Now my kids are home, uh, so I'm like trying to get away to find a quiet space. I'm kind uh, of keep an eye on the baby at the same time, and it was just awful. Oh, uh, so I didn't get a call back initially.
0: Oh, I'm like Cringy. I don't know if you can hear it in the mic. Like, oh, that's terrible. So then
1: I have to hear about like people I knew personally getting the call back to go interview in New York. I won't say any names because, yeah. yeah, but then I'm like. I was so mad at my – I'm like, oh, my – I can't believe, like, I missed this opportunity. Was this,
0: like, a a dream job to you, in a sense? Yeah,
1: in a sense, because it it coincided with what I was doing already. Like, you know, I had done a a few different things with Hennessy already, and, you know, like, even in my – when I actually got the callback interview, I was like, I'm already Team Hennessy, whether I get this job or not. Like, I'm always going to be doing things with the brand. Right, right. Just because of where we are and the parties that I throw. Mm -hmm, So mm – so I get the call back. It says, okay, we want to bring you to New York to interview. I'm like, cool. Book the flight. They take care of everything. I miss my flight. <laughs> it's, it's, I, so this is the second time we've met. So,
0: you know, beyond, you know, us meeting and having this conversation, um, you know, you know how powerful social media can be. Perception can be. Yeah. I see you as a certain way. He came early with <laughs> gifts. So to me, you're very put together. Yeah, You come yeah. correct. Yeah. So hearing these things, I'm like, everybody yeah. starts somewhere. It's basically <laughs> the messaging
1: coming up. No, on but so episode. listen, so listen. <laughs> like, when I tell you it wasn't my fault, like, I get in a cab to get to the airport mm-hmm. at least, like, two hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was traveling from, like, Rosendale at the time. Yeah, you know the vibe? No, Norwood, Norwood. <laughs> I was living in Norwood by then. Uh, yeah. So I'm on my way. It's terrible rain, and then there's just like a terrible car accident, like a pileup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to the airport. I get to, I literally missed the, the like, I saw the door, like, the door oh. just closed. It was like a movie scene. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Come on, like, like, oh, we're sorry, the door's already closed. So I get on online, I check in my phone, the next flight out of Boston to New York. Like, I don't care this one, I'll get on airline, I'll pay for it out of pocket, just for one way.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So I find one like 30 minutes out, 30 minutes later, I book it, I'm able to get on that flight. Word. So then, uh, so I I, uh, I text the woman who I'm in contact with, and I'm like, hey, Aria, um, I missed my flight, but I'm on another plane. I'm on another flight right now. I shouldn't be too late, but I'm running a little behind.
0: So the interview is like right like pr- soon from after you land. It's not like yeah yeah or anything. no no it's literally oh,
1: like it's God. like a day trip. It was like in and out. Yeah, like yeah early yeah. flight flight the next like leave, leaving later that day. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, Fuck. She said, Rob, you're lucky. Like I'm already crossing the bridge. I'll see you and get, so basically like if I had texted any earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was still home, she would have been like, whatever, uh, but thank God. But, wow. uh, it, it actually ended up working out. I was only maybe like 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. Somebody else was running behind and, uh, I crushed the interview. Hell
0: yeah. 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 Uh,
1: <laughs> I interviewed with three women. It was, uh, Aria, Ingrid and Kelly. Uh, I still keep in touch with yeah, all of to them. You, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Got the names on lock. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, Kind of changed my life, man. I got the job, you know. That I think maybe a month later, I started uh, January of what is it? 2015. Wow. And
0: uh, damn, yeah, that's yeah.
1: That's and then a month later, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna send you to Cognac, France, to get the whole experience of learning about Hennessy." And oh, that's fucking yeah. fire! <laughs> uh, since yeah, I've been I've been to Cognac three times now.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's so dope. Yeah, it's amazing. I, it's it's crazy because you know i think most people in the industry you know they're there for a reason they love the Mm -hmm. life they love you know whether it be the connections or just the fun whatever it is yeah and i feel like every single person in the industry like hopes that they can get some brand deal or some sponsorship or get some whatever from some relevant brand for me it's maybe like a, a headphone brand or whatever yeah and i feel like for someone like a promoter like a black promoter in a city. Yeah. Hennessy is one of those things. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So getting that job, obviously you get a job, you have the pursuit of happiness moment, whatever, yeah. whatever. But yeah. in terms of, uh I guess maybe just the, the bigger impact that's like bigger than yourself, like what were the emotions going through that?
1: So it started off as a part-time job mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the greatest salary, but I knew it was a great opportunity and it was already aligned with what I was doing, right? I'm doing right. parties. I'm on the scene. Right. I'm just going to be able to elevate what I'm already doing, or and, oh hell yeah, 1,000%. and then and then get me into spaces that I haven't been before. Absolutely. So and that that's the great thing about having like a big brand behind you with with a big budget, you know, a lot more doors are open to you when you say, hey, I want to come here and do this, and I have this much to spend. Right. Right. So with that, with being able to get into those new doors, you're able to bring people with you. Like, hey, I want to have this DJ also. Right. Or I want to bring this photographer in, you know, or this videographer is going to do this with me or I'm bringing my guys with me to grab this table or, you know, so a lot of the experiences that you get to experience, you're, I mean, enjoy, I should say, you get to bring other people on to, to enjoy it with you. So, I mean, that, and that's been great. But um, I think my favorite part of the job is like a lot of the, what you see with these dinners. Um, yeah. Cause now I'm highlighting what you can consider unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. Like people are doing things in the community that, you know, unless you know them personally, you don't know the story or, or what they're contributing so I yeah. think, and I think that that that's been great.
0: Yeah, you're crushing it with the segues because I did have the, uh, the goodness, <laughs> um on the list here. Um, so I know I wanted to start with um, so the privileged toast. Yeah, that's what, what it's they called. Call- right? Yeah, the and privileged so, toast. Um, and like I said, our mutual that we had um, that I mentioned earlier, Sid. Yeah. was honored uh, this year. Can yeah. you mind just um explaining what the program is, what it entails, and then, like, kind of yeah. just elaborate who you... Yeah, really so
1: basically, together. uh, the, the point of the dinner series is to, like, highlight individuals who are, like, making strides in the community or through leadership, philanthropy, um, uh, what out there? Just, just anything that has to do with the community, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Sydney, for example, you know, with, Pioneer Run Club and everything yeah. that he's doing, he's having a huge impact. Yo, his, this year for him, like <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, I speak he's to him killing every day. It. Yeah,
0: and he's half dead. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he's half dead. But the things he's doing, like so, so it's it's one of those things where, like, you look at someone, you're like, I can't believe I know you. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? and it's awesome. Yeah. So shout out and to him it's and uh, super
1: humble kid. Like you know, insane. Super smart. Yeah. Like yeah. he's always on point. Yeah, always yeah. on point. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, and I know that when he let us know that he was, um, you know, being honored and everything like that. Like, yeah. I know he, I know it was a moment for him. Yeah. And I know, like, he brought his parents and yeah, everything and, like yeah, that. Yeah, and his wife. And, yeah. And, um. His brother. And, uh, what's it, are you the person choosing them? Or Yeah, so I'm
1: choosing them in the market. Yeah, wow. so a lot of it is just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, for the most part, I've known everyone personally, for the most, about 90%. And mm-hmm. then others is just like, I hear people talking about them, so I go and do my research and, like, all right, this this is a good candidate, you know, and then, Reach out, say, "Hey, how do you feel about this?" You know, like I w- I'd like to honor you with a dinner. Mm-hmm. um A couple I haven't been able to execute because of COVID. You right. know, not everyone feels comfortable, even in a private setting. But I do it make like since COVID, we've made sure that everything's been private dining experiences, mm-hmm. just six people, mm-hmm. no one around, and you know, mask on when you're walking around and mm-hmm. mask off and you know when you're sitting down to eat. So it's been a challenge. It's gone from like. Dinners of, like, 10 to 15 people to now six. Yeah, yeah, um, And so, like, the, it's so the cha- probably
0: more elaborate and stuff. That's so, the, the
1: challenging part is, like, people don't know what six people, like, what four people to invite, right? Because yeah. I'm one, the guest is two. Yeah. Now, you can only invite four people. Right. So, like, uh, Miss Hot Sauce, for example, that Spark FM, mm-hmm. she's got a whole studio of people that she could, she could invite. Right, right, and she right. had to narrow it down to just four guests. So, like that's, that's a challenge yeah, uh, yeah. so for me you know it's not too bad it makes it a little bit easier to, <laughs> to, to manage, <laughs> to manage like exactly yeah. well,
0: how does the actual night go for,
1: for uh so basically we'll start so i'll do two or three signature cocktails um and then a privilege the privilege toast at the end so for each course you'll have a cocktail basically so oh. three courses and then we'll finish off with the toast and then i'll present uh an award and an engraved bottle and explain yeah, to them yeah the great bottle bro. Yeah. <laughs> i'm like bro, if i don't get if i don't have an engraved bottle of anything by the time i die i do not do life right
0: um you also and you just posted this you had the the hennessy XO commemorative dinner for makiba mccreary yes uh maybe just elaborate on that dinner yeah. specifically and what she's been doing yeah so uh
1: so hennessy came out with uh uh a commemorative bottle series for the x um uh, the 49th madam vp so She's the 49th Vice President of the US. So the sleeve on the bottle of the case is a, a white box with the number 49. And so we're choosing women in our markets who are breaking barriers, who are the first of whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. So so Makiba is the first um, in her position at the MFA. So that's why I chose to to wow. honor her.
0: Yeah. Super dope. And from what I've been just from hearing your story from the beginning in terms of the way they found you. And then just the things that I've been hearing just from my peers and other people in the community of just how they're getting involved. I'm seeing Hennessy here at Hennessy there, obviously yeah. because of you, which yeah. is super dope, but it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to see a brand like Hennessy where I know that they're embraced by black culture, yeah. but how much that they're actually trying to make oh, moves absolutely. to give it back. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and can and you speak it, on that a little bit? Yeah. And,
1: and it's funny because, uh, there's actually a lot of changes happening even now, you know, because, you know, there's no ownership by black people of the brand itself. Right. Right, And and, you know, that's a big thing for, for us. Right. But in terms of like the organizational chart, you start to see like right now we have a VP who's a black woman. Um, And even people in positions of like decision makers are now people of color, they're women. So it's, it's getting better. I mean, you just saw what just happened in the news with Jay-Z. Yeah. yeah, That's a huge deal. Like if you look at LVMH, you know, it's it's a white company. Right. Um, So this deal with going into business with Jay-Z is huge. Yeah. So I can, like, they're moving in the right direction. And then for us as a culture, I mean, we embrace it because, I mean, it's a long history. Yeah, if you want to go all the way back to, yeah, like, yeah. why people drink Hennessy, it started from the World Wars. Um mm-hmm. So so black soldiers who were fighting in France started drinking Hennessy there. And France was very welcome into, like, jazz music and, and artists and so, you know, when the soldiers came back to the U.S., they end up continuing to drink Hennessy. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. So, like, if your grandfather's in it, it just started carrying down through generation to generation. Right. And, you know, Hennessy is one of the first, I, I would say, actually it is the first liquor brand to, like, um, advertise in black magazines. Um, so that was also very huge. So mm-hmm. you're starting to see it everywhere. And then partnerships with, like, Nas, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's a great story if you want to tell, like, from from beginning to now. Like, you know, he starts off as a, an artist, a rapper from the projects mm-hmm. to being, like, one of the best entrepreneurs out there right now. Like, right. the dude, he's involved in everything. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, So, they do a good job of, like, um, building partnerships with the right people and then having, you know, Team Hennessy is huge because we're, like, in the midst of all these communities embedded in the culture right yeah it's so So, important exactly so it's like very organic and like our relationships are not forced not everything is about money like you know i can get things done by saying you know not only because i work for Hennessy, but because of who i am Mm
0: -hmm. and that's
1: just because of who i am i'm able to tie Hennessy in as well
0: yeah i I always think of the example of like cristal yeah it was like embraced by hip-hop culture and black culture but then like Maybe yeah. I think their owner or whatever. Yeah, he said, oh, I can like, stop them from buying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like then
1: Jay-Z, he was like, yeah, I'm not, you know. Yeah. The owner is racist, and that was it. Puts it in a song verse. And, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember early 2000s, like, as a kid, I was like, "Crystal is something I definitely <laughs> want to drink when I get older. yeah, And then, yeah. boom, gone. And, and then right. I realized when I grew up, it's like, yeah, because, like,
1: and then he started, started talking pay. loud. And then, yeah,
0: yeah and then everyone yeah. drops, and now Crystal's done. Like, yeah, and then, you, you know, crystal, he
1: yeah. starts ace and then now, Fifty yeah. percent of it sold to LVMH. So yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It, it's it's and it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, with so much going on in terms of um social injustice and everything that's gone, especially in the last year. Yeah, I've seen just personally like so many brands that are like fake supporting and yeah. like only reaching out because of what's happening. Right. Um. So but hearing just these stories from you, um, and just your direct experience with them and how they've kind of been doing that for a long time, if not day one, um, is really, honestly, refreshing. Um, Shout out Hennessy. (laughs) Everybody buy that Hennessy. Um, Like, this is really just questions that I have. Sure. Like, do they just send you boxes of it? Like, are you... So so we get some product
1: proceeding. So like, you know, we're we're able to gift, um, sometimes for sponsorship opportunities that, you know, don't require any money. So like, uh, Smash Bros held an event at... um, the what museum was that on the waterfront
0: uh, oh at the ICA at the ICA yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so I took care of all the people backstage so everybody got a gift a gift bag with a bottle of Hennessy and some other things so mm-hmm. so there's certain opportunities where I can just bring product and I don't have to like it's not like a uh I don't have to give money per se for the sponsorship right, right. um I've done a few like listening parties yep uh with the brand nation yeah, 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 yeah a few artists um yep. You know, so depending on what the opportunity is, I'm able to just use product for that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I have a budget also. Mm-hmm. It was a lot better before COVID. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah.
0: And um, it was funny because at the bar um, a few days ago, uh, the guy I was with, I forgot what I ordered. but the guy, You ordered Hennessy something, obviously. Yeah. The guy was with, I don't know what he ordered, but you even whispered, like, oh, that should be Hennessy. Is that just kind of how you are with the brand? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's
1: it's it just comes naturally now, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, it's like some people are scared to try Hennessy, right? Oh, I,
0: trust <laughs> you, I know, I trust me, I know, but
1: once you start trying it in different ways and like elevating the experience, it's it's so good. Like, even last yeah. night at dinner, like, it wasn't a table full of Hennessy drinkers, right? But... The way that the bartender came up with these cocktails, they're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, right. they would never think to drink Hennessy the way it was. And, and that happens all the time. Yeah. It's literally just finding the way that you like it best because yeah. everybody's palate is different. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go and try to take a shot of Hennessy, of course you'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> it, it burns. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a palate for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like for me, like I feel that way about tequila. I, <laughs> I'm i Latino and, I'm, and tequila
0: shots because everyone wants to do tequila shots all the yeah, time. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't put it down man like yeah. it's way too much yeah. but to your point about the pal thing and, and hennessy being super uh versatile i mean i guess this episode is sponsored by Hennessy. we have the <laughs> here, here um but uh people who know me know that i drink hennessy yeah. and my argument to all the people that are like oh like it's disgusting or whatever i can't yeah. do it i'm like yo you have to understand that you can mix with orange juice pineapple juice coke red bull like apple cranberry juice. juice apple juice like yeah. you can Drink it in the morning drink it at night like, <laughs> you can it's so versatile and and uh, and you and you be uh you mentioned ginger beer at the bar you yeah. like, you should try it with ginger beer yeah I was like fuck I didn't even know that yeah you know what I mean yeah. and so everybody pick up a bottle <laughs> um, uh this is like some crazy hood shit, but like do you um like like drinks like um like crazy hood drinks like, like hulks like the incredible hulk
1: yeah I mean that was before team hennessy like i wouldn't do it now it's just too, too much sugar it's uh, it's
0: it's uh i i uh but like, i've had tried i've tried it before i've looked into it just about the story and the background of it yeah And what i found online was that uh like i think it was like diddy or someone was doing like a hypnotic release party mm. um i think he was probably like the guy promoting it or whatever in new york this is like 2003 or something yeah um and that apparently they were doing this big club party for hypnotic, but like no one was none of the guys were drinking it because it's hypno it's like super girly, yeah, super yeah. fruity, and all that stuff. And I guess they were like, yo, like what can we do to
1: get like <laughs> guys more to people this? to drink this or yeah. whatever?
0: And I guess one of the bartenders like throws some Hennessy in it, turns dark green, and they call it the Hulk, put some ice in it and just start shelling it out. And I guess it just like hey. sells out. And that was like how the incredible Hulk was born. Interesting. And I, I think I thought it was like a hilarious, like, yeah, I mean, liquor history story, like yeah. a drink like <laughs> history story. Uh, yeah. And what, uh, what are your recommendations for You've seen so many cocktails now of Hennessy. Uh, so, my go to
1: at dinner, uh, I like a Hennessy sidecar, uh, mm. Hennessy Privilege sidecar, I should say. Um, but what I, I tried recently was actually pretty good, it was a Hennessy espresso martini. So, instead of wow. vodka, do Hennessy. Yeah, like, um, it's so
0: fucking versatile. <laughs> like, you can put it with literally anything. And
1: it, it was amazing. I had it at a uh, strip by Shager, and no doubt. they, they yeah, did yeah. a great job. I was like, oh. I so might.
0: you requested a special type Yeah,
1: I requested it just out of the blue, Yeah, because you know, yeah, yeah. one of the guys I was drinking with always does espresso martini. I was like, mm-hmm. let me try one with Hennessy instead of vodka.
0: And it was bomb. It was bomb. What are some of the notable events you've done just kind of in your career that, whether it be with Hennessy or just on your own flow? Like, Oh, man. Because I don't think people know. <laughs> I don't think people know
1: uh that's a that's a tough one um so Pandora Thursdays was a big party for a long time that was at Felt before it closed that was years ago mm-hmm. uh shout out to Kenny uh that's still my business partner so probably the, the longest I've ever worked with anyone is uh Kenny I don't know if you know Kenny um I don't know. so he has another brand it's called Privé uh yeah yeah yeah, okay. w- yeah 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 okay so, yeah yeah okay cool 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 so we started doing that together but that was more like his speed so mm-hmm. you know certain events we'll do together others we won't um mm-hmm. He's my partner. Actually, Saturdays at Bijou. Uh, okay. Hopefully, yeah. we be able to do that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously, Saturdays at Bijou. Um, we actually, I, I think we could say we were the first to bring local DJs in because prior to us, it was always like uh, out of scene, out of state DJ coming in. Mm-hmm. Like that was their whole thing of creating that vibe of like New York DJs, LA. Yeah. And Which they had like that. Whole, they had a partnership with Scam Artists, I believe, yeah. and yeah, a lot yeah. of those DJs were. And so, you know. There were very few, if any, local DJs that were able to spin on a Saturday night, and we, we kind of changed that whole dynamic when we got there.
0: Well, was that intentional? Being like, you absolutely we have the love here. Or, You're from Boston. Yeah, like, yeah. What do you think of just places like that do that? Where it's like, oh, I mean, I I, here. I
1: I get it in a sense is to try to be different because I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? Like, you can't expect the DJ to be so loyal that they're not going to spin anywhere else unless you have them there every single Saturday.
0: Unless you take care of
1: them, right? Yeah. So. With that said, you know, you can't have the same DJ every Saturday because you want to change the vibe up a little bit. Right. And it's hard to do that with the same DJ. Right. So once a DJ is like, say, if that Bijou you on a Saturday, then the next Saturday they're at a venue, then you're like, oh. You know, certain promoters feel some kind of way,
0: yeah, which I think is
1: silly. It's insane. Because, you know, yeah. that's their livelihood. What are you yeah. going to do? I,
0: I've dealt with it and had those conversations. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, what do you want me to do? If yeah. you're not going to book me every Saturday – you're just gonna expect me to wait, right. like, You don't do that with women. You don't, do, you don't do that with money. Like you don't just wait for it to come to you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you gotta nah, go. Get, I mean, you gotta you go. Gotta work. To get it. You got work. Yeah.
1: Know what I mean? So, like you said, unless you're willing to offer a deal to keep that person as a resident, even if they're just opening every week, then you got to be able to let them go other places. Sure. Um, but even in terms of like booking out of state DJs, it's a lot of money to 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 do that. First of all, and then and doesn't necessarily have that. That uh, impact that you think it's gonna have every time, either. Right. You know, because local people are like who, who is that?
0: And especially Boston, because you know it being such a huge college market. Right. A lot of these college kids are not tapped because yeah, they're not versed with li- like like we like were saying in the beginning. It's, it'd be these kids from like New Hampshire coming into BU right for four years and they're going out to all these clubs, but they don't know what the fuck is going on no, in, yeah. the, in like the music culture. It's, in, it's, it's
1: literally like about making sure they have a good time, right? Because, I mean, I always say the the most important person on the night out is like your door Because
0: that's mm. the first
1: person that they see or like, greet, and like that like dictates the rest of the night, so right. like you always want your door guy to be like on point, yeah, and it's so hard to find like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah man it, it it's tough, I mean, there are some really good ones, but there are some really bad ones, yeah, yeah. And, and like and the bad ones they just get this like. Ego trip, power thing, and oh, it's man. like, dude. I, I've, and I've, then, I've blown
0: and, up ADO before being like, yo, get the fucking door guy because he's yelling at my peoples right now and, like, they're just trying to see me. Yeah, and, and, and it's
1: silly because it's like, dude, like, you wouldn't be working right now if you weren't throwing this night. Like, you understand that, right? Like, like
0: help the night out. Yes. Like, yeah. like,
1: the customers are making the night. So if you're shitty with the customers, they're not going to come back. Absolutely. And then none of us are in the job. Like, right. so be mindful of that. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. You almost have, you almost want to have guys that are not necessarily like tough, but can like de-escalate situations, like mm-hmm. know how to talk to people. So like have that guy be able to talk, and then have the muscle behind it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? No, like yeah, 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 for sure. So you know, it's a, so if you're gonna throw a party and you want a good party, have a good door guy, and then that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: No one's ever said that. No, I've I've never s- I mean.
1: I always said we should have a woman, but it's tough to have a female outside when it's cold, and you know they don't want to deal with the weather, and, and
0: especially if shit pops off too, it's a little yeah exactly, it's a funky. It's,
1: get a little risky. But yeah. um, but women know how to talk to guys a lot, and, and and they're more friendly in general, and you mm-hmm. know because if you go to like New York, that's who has the clipboard with the guest list. It's, it's just generally a woman. Like then, mm. I mean, if you are talking about New Yorks doing it, then they, they must know what's going. On. You know, these right, are clubs right, right. that are going from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. <laughs> Crazy, yeah.
0: Having gone around a lot and seeing a lot of experience, Team Hennessy, just, you know, being out and about, but sticking to Boston, what are some of the things that kind of make Boston very unique in a positive way, but maybe maybe in a negative way, especially on your pockets?
1: Um, Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, prior to, I mean, 2019, I was all over the place. I think I was in L.A. twice, Miami twice, Chicago, like, you know, Super Bowls, All-Star. Latin Grammys BET Awards so it's like like you said I'm seeing these clubs all over like all different parts of the country which is a great experience like I I push people I encourage people to travel more and I think that's part of like the downside of Boston is a lot of people don't go outside of the city like they don't know anything else Mm -hmm. and you get a narrow mind when you have that like when you don't get to experience it And, and especially now it's like well now it's tough to travel but you know you shouldn't make an effort to do that. Like it's traveling is like one of the best experiences ever. Yeah. Um, And it it really changes your mindset. Just meeting people from different places and seeing different things. Um, The process, the problem with Boston is a lot of the, you know, crabs in a barrel type of like everyone's trying to go after the same people. And then like, you know, but there's so many people here that a lot of places can be successful at the same time. And, as a promoter, you get into these arguments over foolishness or, like, you book a table and then that table is like, oh, so-and-so said they can give you the same a bottle, a better price on a bottle, so we're going to go there. Or it's just, like, people trying to undercut you. I right? didn't know people undercut tables. Oh, absolutely. I knew
0: DJs undercut DJs. So oh. I didn't know people oh, yeah, 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 yeah. undercut oh, tables.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. And then it's, like, you know, then there's, like, a group of women that, draws other people, and then you try to get those girls to come because, you know, they're going to draw other people, and then it's just a lot of, like, tit for tat, and, you know, just a lot of undercutting in general, and and then, you know, people taking it personally when, like, an artist who you may have had booked before decides to go to another club, like, that Mm. creates drama, too, or, like, if you Mm. have a relationship with, like, someone on the Celtics or the Patriots, and then you know, they decide to go somewhere else. It's like, dude, like you can't expect these people to come <laughs> to like the, the same like place. Their I, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, they're going to go where they want to go. Yeah, it's, for sure. Absolutely. I, and I, I mean, I, I learned a long time ago not to take things personally. Like, yeah, I'm super chill. Like it's really hard to get me stirred. Like I'm the most laid back guy you'll ever meet. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's like completely disrespectful to me, like to my yeah. face. Like right, right, I let right. things go all the time. Mm-hmm. Like You know, like for what? Like, what are we arguing about? Like, Mm. why am I? Why am I going to be mad? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's funny the other day. So, so we were at a rock and ride bar. uh, The owner's name is Ty. Yep. So Ty used to be the owner at Vanderbilt um, on Water Street. He's from Rosendell, I think. I think he might be Like so I met him that night And we
0: Just on some like Yeah or well, I think he shit. might
1: Live there now and I don't know if he's there Maybe, or, maybe I, that's what I, I, think, is. I think he lives there now I don't like, know if he's from like, We were,
0: we had this 20 minute conversation <laughs> About Rosendale And it was so random It was a random night It was a random
1: ass night So So Vanderbilt Used to be the home For Brent so Hard So that's, that's right. where yep. it started Right And I started Brent So Hard Nobody knows that Not a lot of people know that Myself and Kenny
0: I did not know that Yeah see <laughs>
1: Whoa. <laughs> and, I, and I'll give you a receipt on that I got the name <laughs> I got the name Brunch So Hard Word. From Urban Outfitters They had a little pouch It was like a, like a brunch kit And it said Brunch So Hard on it You could even Google it
0: Sound, No, it sounds right It
1: looks like a little Tiffany colored bag yeah. I forget And it said Brunch So Hard And that's where the name came up So uh, So Kenny and I started the brunch And then we brought Mitch and Gino on mm. We did well Eventually, Vanderbilt ended up getting sold. Yeah. Um, we didn't find a new home right away. Mm-hmm. I forget what happened. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we ended up severing ties. Yeah. And then... Which happens all the time yeah, in yeah. the high life
0: world. It's another, um, another crazy.
1: And then I forget where they ended up moving bunch of Heart to. eventually ended up at Society on High. Yeah. That Before was,
0: that, it was um, in Seaport, uh, the Casa de Pedro. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's
1: right. That's right. Um so yeah, when the, when it came back up and the name brought again, it's like you know I got a lot of like yo, mm. isn't that your shit? Like I'm like
0: whatever wow. man.
1: At that time I didn't care anymore. Like it had yeah. it had been however long in between them doing it and us doing it that like I, you know it was bygones to me. But seeing Ty back at Rock and Rye, he pulls me aside <laughs> and he says that to me. He's like, how the fuck did you let <laughs> these dudes take rush so hard? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man, whatever, dude. It's like wow. you know, and then and it I mean, they did a great job of yeah. like you know yeah. the direction it went wouldn't have been the direction I would have gone per se, because when we were doing it it was a little bit more chill in a sense and mm-hmm. you know, we I couldn't mean, do, a true brunch. Yeah. We couldn't do bottle service at Vanderbilt, but we did like large format drinks and like champagne. So it was like, you know, mimosa flights or like pictures of like Tennessee, Sangria, like those are the kind of drinks that we were doing. So it wasn't really about the bottle parades and all that stuff that ended up coming later. Um, Right. You know, but you know, society, you know, that dictated that type of environment, you know I mean? They had bottle services, so why not offer it? Right. Right. But yeah, just, it went, it, it, it got a lot more ratchet than what we would do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm an older, well, I'm an older dude. Like, I that's not the environment that right, I want right, to be in right, on a right, weekly right. basis. And,
0: and I think, uh, like we were saying earlier, like you you keep yourself in a very certain image. Yeah is is that really important to you? Oh, absolutely. I
1: mean, and, and it's funny, and I, I tell people, like younger people, all the time, like watch what you post on social media, because like if you are interested in like having a brand back you later or working with a brand, they look at all that stuff. So mm-hmm. like if you're posting stuff where you're cursing all the time or you're smoking weed on on camera or, you know, posting pictures of women that are scantily dressed, like, that's not a good look. Like, you Mm got to be conscious of, like, who's, like, if – would you want, like, someone in corporate America to see this? Right. Or, you know, whoever you want to work for. Like, no. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about those things. So, like, even now, if you looked at my social media, like, even in speaking, I hardly ever curse. Like, I got to be super upset. Even around my friends, like – I don't say the N-word. I don't curse. Like, I'm always super, like, professional. Like, you don't ever know who's watching. And then, you know, you always got to – and then in the business, be kind to everybody that you meet. You got, like, all the barbacks at Bijou. Hey, what's up, Rob? Like, they all know who I am. Like, when I go take care of something, if I'm bringing in T-shirts for the staff, I make sure they get T-shirts too. Like, hats, Tennessee hats, whatever. You take care of everybody. Like, give everyone the same respect. I mean, it's huge.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I I think that's amazing advice um, that – you know, as more important as social media becomes, whether it be just for your image or people, I mean, influ- you know, the influencer game is just growing. Everyone's becoming some kind of influencer at Absolutely. some kind of level. Yeah. And it's getting, or, you know, people that even followings of just like 5,000 are yeah. getting brand deals for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sure. um, being able to maintain that good um, image and perception of you is, yeah. is, 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 becoming more important literally as the day goes Absolutely. on. Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's different. Like if you're an artist, a rap artist or, you know, Obviously, you're gonna curse, and you know your vibe is gonna be a little. I mean, it all depends on who your market is, right? right. Who are you targeting? Right. You know, so you know it's funny. We talked about this the other day, like Nas's video with DJ Khaled. He has a Hennessy bottle on the golf course, and he put a ball on top and he, he knocks the ball. <laughs> like we couldn't get away with doing something like that, like because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not Nas is Nas. Yeah, Nas yeah, is Nas yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But like we're like we're told like never put a Hennessy bottle like on the ground. Like mm-hmm. don't take any pictures of like the bottle on the ground. Right. No, like, like if you're driving, no, no drinks, like none of that stuff. Obviously, right, right, right. Got to drink responsibly. So, like, there are very like specific guidelines that you know you have to be conscious of, and you know, like, smoking and drinking Hennessy is not a good look. You know, Um, yeah. So,
0: we acknowledged how um, the hip hop community, the black community, embraces Hennessy, and obviously, you know, that can go in multiple different ways with the knuckles that we described in the club going crazy to the, you know, super put together X, ex- well, you know, executives drinking Hennessy on it and, and dinner yeah. as someone who is pretty tightly tied to it. Do you see more of like c- c- people kind of like abusing the brand and its image versus uplifting it?
1: Um, I wouldn't say abusing it. Uh, I mean, you get, Obviously, like, oh, you hear things like, oh, like, uh, that's nasty, or that's a hood drink, or, you know. um, You get that, but the more we do in different spaces, I think the more people are becoming um, aware of, the like, really understanding the brand and actually trying it in different ways, like I talked about. It's really about education and experience, you know. Mm. So, like, you can say what you want unless you actually try it, you know, because there there are different ways to, to experience it. So, you know, your your idea of what it is isn't necessarily right because you haven't tried it any other way. Mm. So, Word. Yeah, and then, and, like, at our events, you know, I'm doing bottle Like, if you go to the Grand or whatever, all the bottle service girls, they're drinking Hennessy right there with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, you know, bottle service girls are anywhere that I go. Like, most of them are, are drinking mm-hmm. Hennessy, too, and then they're getting the other tables to buy Hennessy because that's what they drink. Right. You know, so – it's, it's it's literally like if you're taking care of them and you're yeah. spending money with them, and this is what you're drinking, that's gonna carry over because it's like, hey, oh, I want to do a shot, like oh, I'm, I'm drinking Hennessy tonight. All right, yeah, let's yeah, buy a yeah, bottle of yeah, Hennessy. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it makes sense, and and it's and I'm and I'm happy you brought that up because there are still certain venues that won't serve it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. and me enjoying it, and as I kind of brought up into the ranks where like I started like a college bar scene, and then all through into the downtown club scene. Yeah. Where I started kind of realizing what spots carried and what spots don't, and you know what that's about, yeah. So <laughs> you, you being again tightly tied to it, have maybe just kind of an opinion on it or just like any commentary on just like how I think that's it's just like I think
1: it's just like old ownership, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of these venues are owned by older white men that right. are not in tune with what's going on today, right? Right. So like you know, even like the some of the beverage programs, a lot of it honestly has to do with the price points. Hennessy is not cheap, right? So. A bottle of Hennessy, you know, depending on let's say it's forty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. To me, you know, downtown I think average is probably about twelve to fifteen dollars a drink. Whereas if you got a cheaper cognac, which is say twenty something dollars, and you charge the same price for the cocktail, your profit margins are yeah. is a lot higher. So, a lot of it is just a numbers game. It's not really about the image of Hennessy. It's literally just like it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Whereas some places are like, oh, we don't like the crowd that it attracts. Right. You know, and some of them are, will say it openly. In yeah, head, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that's literally the reason why. Yeah. So, you know, just don't go to those places. <laughs> right, right, right. Honestly, like a lot of places yeah. I go, if they don't have Hennessy, I just won't, I won't drink. I, I'll have a water. Yeah, yeah, just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah, like no, you're, you're not taking my money. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's great because again, it was not until I was fully in like a full adult where I was like, fuck, like <laughs> oh, they really like really don't want these people to come to the point where yeah. like, they won't offer like what they want. It's crazy. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know. Uh, when you were traveling around, um, you mentioned BT Ward's. I saw photos of you at the Latin Grammys.
1: Yeah, I brought Cisco along for that. Yeah, like what? Like what
0: was? I uh, obviously, you know, didn't know you yet or anything like yeah. that, and I was just like, "Yo, like, why? How? What?"
1: Yeah, where? so Hennessy was one of the sponsors for the Grammys, um, and I was selected as one of the, the people to represent the brand. Wow. So, and so what so, did that come with? Like, so, so basically, uh, you were able to choose. Uh, a guest from each market so it was boston new york uh dallas and i think it was just the three of us if i'm not mistaken so we each got to bring someone from our market to come experience a lot in grammys um so flight hotel dinner accommodations anything that had to do with the grammys you got to do the red carpet wow uh the pre-awards uh ceremony got to attend the grammys itself and then a post party so Wow it was cool man I mean it's and, and it's funny because like I mean I obviously I hear Latin music and being in the club, but I can't say like I, I <laughs> listen to Latin music like yeah, yeah, at yeah. home, but the experience and just seeing the artist was of course, amazing being like there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean um I mean that must I became a Rosalia fan that day <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I'm a, I'm I'm sure that just being there was just like a holy shit this is where it's got me kind of yeah open, I'm assuming. absolutely um yeah and
1: Cisco cool, you know. <laughs> It was Durning like, out, a, there sure. was like a, a, an old school Mexican band that played. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, Oh my God. Like yeah, yeah. my legendary. parents would be flipping out this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Rosalia were like, were there other, uh, like artists at least you, you were aware of? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like uh, so like, Rosalia. uh,
1: we went to a bad bunny party. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, I can't remember, if, of, but I don't know if he was, I can't, if Maluma was there also, mm-hmm. um, uh but maluma is was i don't know if his, his contract got renewed but was also had to deal with season. oh word yeah word um and then of course you know canelo on the boxing side word has Man, a fight on so saturday that's, yeah that's so fire yeah
0: um i want to shift gears a little bit yeah. um and uh we've had a couple family men on the show yeah you have two daughters correct
1: um married to two girls
0: and uh, what's it like, just kind of balancing everything? I mean, I know it's uh, tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like, like some of my homies now are like getting to the where they're having kids, and it's just like yeah. flips their world upside down. Yeah, like, they're like, "Oh my god, I don't have a life anymore. <laughs> it's their Life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just so be onto that.
1: so um, it's like. So when my my little one was born, I was promoting full time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I was able to be home with her every day, right, all right, day long, right, right. while my wife was at work. Right. So that was great. Like I could, I would never be able to do that if I wasn't in that type of job. And like uh, later on, end up getting the job with Team Hennessy. So right. that was like, for the first two years of her life, I had her every day. So our bond is like, you know,
0: Beautiful. That, yeah, it, it was amazing. That's
1: awesome. But as they they got older, and it's like, all right, I got to get them to school. So. I'd be getting home at like three, three thirty in the morning, yeah, and yeah. then getting up at six thirty, seven o'clock to just take them to school in the morning. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. once I'm up, I'm up. So like that, it took a toll on my body, like right. in terms because it's not like I'm just out late. Like I'm out drinking sometimes. I'm eating late, and it's like then you don't fall asleep oh, right yeah. away. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. So so to wake up that early it, without having recovered, it was it, it's rough. you know it, it's rough. Um, I mean, COVID was like a blessing in disguise for me in a sense, like. Right. That silver lining of making me slow down a bit Um, Mm -hmm. because obviously I wasn't drinking as much as I wasn't going out. Actually, I took like two months off of like no alcohol whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from getting like three to four hours of sleep to eight hours of sleep, (laughs) sometimes 10. Yeah. (laughs) And then just a lot more time at home with the kids because they're doing hybrid. At first, they weren't even doing hybrid. It was everything was online. Mm -hmm. And now they're just doing two days at school and then the rest of the week at home. um. Yeah, and then, obviously, my wife's been super supportive. Um, she's a grinder, too. Yep. Works full-time. Uh, has a, two businesses on the side, wedding planning, and then Adorn Boutique Studio, which is shout a shout-out. shout out out Adorn. Out. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so she gets it. I mean, we're, right, we're right, both right. hustlers. Like, right. if she wasn't a hustler, too, it would be a lot harder. Um, and, you know, vice versa. So
0: Yeah, I mean, to that specifically, like, obviously... Dating a promoter isn't easy. Oh, Dating, absolutely. dating a DJ isn't easy. No. and
1: you Gotta know, have tough skin.
0: Yeah, gotta have tough skin. And, uh, you know, like I said, I do the 9 to 5 thing on top of it. Do the podcast. You know, it's, it's just a hustler's mindset for a lot of people that are in the industry because yeah. that's how you have to be. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you saying that uh, it probably, like, wouldn't necessarily work out if she wasn't a hustler as well. Like, right. I'm realizing as I get older and, you know, um, dating and whatnot like that. Yeah. Pretty fucking true. Like, yeah, it's, and then,
1: you know, you just got to learn to make time, you know. Yeah. Schedule is a lot. Like, we share a calendar. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, I know what she has going on, like, for the, like, the week, like, the pretty much the rest of the week or the month. Like, right, I can right. look and see, like, oh, yeah, I'm free that day, or no, I got to be home with the kids and, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And uh, can you think of, you know, I know you mentioned, like, just the late night stuff, like, just in general where maybe you had to pick and choose or, like, you felt that, you know, this is a moment where I gotta be the dad or this is a moment where I gotta be the business. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean uh, uh it's never it's, it's funny because everything I was doing was nightlife, so it was never really that hard to have to choose between. It was just, all right, I'm gonna be really tired tomorrow, I just gotta suck it up. Like right, right, that's right. one thing, like I've never dropped the ball on like my daytime responsibilities because I had a rough night. Like no matter what kind of night I've had, I gotta get up and handle my business. Absolutely. Like you know, whatever that is. Absolutely. And we have a dog, and that's another oh, another man. responsibility. Yeah. But but, but beautiful. <laughs> I
0: mean, you you guys have the American dream. You have like, damn yeah, Phil, <laughs> the battery what was that? Oh, the battery. <laughs> um, I mean, you're living to what a lot of people it say is like the American dream. You know, yeah, like the two uh, kids, the dog, the yeah, house, like, you know I mean? yeah. Um, you know, again, like just starting from that like promoter like, being young outside of BU, like did did you just like expect? Oh, does it kinda of come to you? Like how uh, nah, I mean, in retrospect what is it? I like? mean,
1: I I knew I always wanted to have a family. Um just mm. you know, I, I was raised I had an older sister, both of my parents, all my life. Their parents are still together. Um actually living with me now, we have an in law. Oh So wow. I take care of them and you know, they're elderly now. Which is how I was able to get the yeah. vaccination the other day. Shout uh, out to Bruce <laughs> <somebody. laughs> Um But yeah, I mean family's always been important to me. Mm. Uh, so I knew that I that, that I wanted that. So, um, Yeah, just got to do it to make it work.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, especially, you know, before COVID where she was rocking and, you know, it was fast-paced, like, I always kind of started debating with myself being a young man, like, is, because, like, obviously, like, I love the scene. I love DJing. Like, I have Mm -hmm. a podcast about it, you know what I mean, Um, where I started kind of thinking to myself, like, like, I've had women being like, you have to choose. 'Cause I can't deal
1: with it. No. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and and and, and, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm quick to say no, but yeah. I guess at that point you have to decide what's more important. Right. And, and so and so I mean and, and I'm that, still
0: sitting here, so I chill, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean.
1: And and that's one great thing about my wife. She's never made me try to, to right. choose or change who I was. Like right. I mean, I met her in the club. <laughs> met her in the club <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so you know, I mean she didn't expect me to become somebody else after uh-huh. dating me. And uh right. you know. Yeah, yeah that's one thing that that's the reason why we've been able to last so long is because she's allowed me to be me and mm-hmm. vice versa, so mm-hmm. you know as long as we support each other, then that's the
0: word shout out wifey man yeah shout out wifey. um and then uh last I said just like obviously we've talked about your come up, you know the things you've been able to accomplish things you've been able to do um but obviously with the last year yeah huge left turn, you yeah know, so. Being able to maintain, you know, that um, that Team Hennessy, how do you continue doing that besides the dinners? And then um, just you as Rob, how do you continue to push Rob forward uh, during a pandemic like this?
1: Um, so, yeah, so prior to COVID, like our title was uh, Key Account Managers to Team Hennessy. And now we're uh, influencers. I mean, not in the term, like, loosely, like, influencer in, in the sense that we really influence our market in different ways. Um, so a lot of it now is a lot of social media posts, um, small scale dinners, some bar spends here and there just to support the community, like mm-hmm. the places that are open.
0: Oh, that's cool. Like
1: we'll go in, like um, a yeah. rock and ride bar, for example. I'll just do like a spend at the bar and say, hey, just take care of cocktails for these people up to some amount and close my tab out. Um, so things of that nature just to keep stay relevant. Yeah. You know, not only with the, the venue, but also with the consumers, like yeah, the yeah. ones that are choosing to still go out. And showing faces. Is- Yeah, that is super important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then for me, you know, just just trying to stay in tune with what's going on, doing things like this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, this is my first podcast.
0: Yeah, this is my first podcast. Yo, we're super happy. (laughs) This was, uh, uh, you know, we had obviously you know, in on episode twenty right now and you know, we've had a list of people that like we wanted to get on and just yeah. being able to maneuver that and obviously you know, you're one of them. Mm. Having Sid as the connect. Yeah, you know, I appreciate him. Shout out Sid again. <laughs> um and yeah. you know, uh being able to you were super kind enough to come even though like you and I had never met or no, anything like that. Man. And so we, we I mean, really appreciate that. That's how
1: it works, right? It's like a a lot of connecting. Like I and I call myself a connector. So yeah. like if I hear of an opportunity I'm like, all right. I know someone that can that can help you out, or this would be great for this. Like, and and that's what friends do, right? Like, you you hear of an opportunity or like an you know, whether it's to make money or to meet someone or whatever it is. Like, hey, I got someone for you. Like, here's this person. Like, you know, even like Cisco being um, an untongued hero with the Celtics. Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't me, you know, saying, hey, I got mm-hmm. someone that would be great for this. My person reached out to, to Cisco. They did an interview, and he ends up being on on the Instagram. So like. Those type of things, like, they come naturally to me. It makes me feel good, like, I live for those things. Like, I'm always right. happy to see connections being made and whatever it is, whether, you right. know, any, I almost say anything you need, you could call me. I'll figure it out. I'll help you get it. Right. Um, like, right now, um, my guy Mick, Mick the Mayor, he's a promoter. Well, not so much anymore. Now he's, uh, he's joining a tag football league uh, for middle school, I think elementary to middle school. So now he's trying to raise funds for the program because he got higher referees, has to have an right. uh, uh, EMT on standby. He wants to make it a travel team so that they can go visit other cities, visit colleges while they're there, and compete in other places. So now, now my goal is to help him raise those funds because that's huge for him. So, right. so these are those things that, like, you know, I'm just always trying to help however I can.
0: Damn. Yeah. What's, at this point, like, what's, what's a goal that you have beyond you? at this
1: point. Uh what's next for me? Uh honestly Well I mean uh, yes, what's next for you, but also uh,
0: like what's something that's like this is something that's like semi attainable, semi semi not attain attainable, but this is what I want now. Like this is the next step that I want.
1: Uh what I want next is actually uh black ownership in the city of Boston. Like I want I want to own a venue, whether it be a restaurant or a lounge. Like that's what that's what I see next for myself. Wow.
0: And and what's the the vision on that that venue?
1: Uh just something that's welcome into all, you know, something with a cool vibe, a nice brunch scene, good music. I feel like that's one of the things that's really lacking in Boston is, like, having a good meal and having good music play.
0: Which is, like, so, like, most mundane. and like It's like
1: you go in and this is, like, elevator music in the background or some abstract, like, techno or EDM beat that, you know, no one really can vibe to. It's just Mm kind of, like, just playing in the background, you know? Like, whereas you could be playing, like, R&B or... Or like some
0: souls, some, some souls exactly yeah. like
1: some from the seventies or eighties. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah. It's just like stuff you can sing along to, and like oh, like you know, th- stuff that brings you back or takes you somewhere else. Like nostalgic type of mm-hmm. like those are things that like make places memorable. Like mm-hmm. you go to eat in Miami, like some of these places, like, all of them, like you know, all of them, and some of it is like like top forty music playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's and giving it, you a, it, a good vibe, a good vibe. To, to, vibe. to, exactly. to stay longer, keep yeah, yeah, going, keep going, and, keep going and yeah, you know. Yeah. So I always
0: um, like would go on these like rants about like, you know, us being from actually being from the Boston neighborhood yeah. and everything and growing up here and everything. I go on these crazy rants sometimes <laughs> where and one of them is like, yo, why do I have to I have to go to downtown to be able to get a good drink and some good food? Yeah. Why aren't there any places in Rosendale, in Dorchester that like I can really just stay, get good music, get a good drink with my friends? Yeah. Eat really good food and yeah. not have to go into downtown.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are, they're there. I think you have to find them. Like I'm, I, like I'm learning about places all the time, and a lot of it is through social media. Like someone's posting, someone like, oh, I've never heard of this place, and you know, doing a little research. And mm-hmm. um, I saw something, some place in Waltham, and the food and the drinks look amazing. It's like something Wall Project. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. think of it off the top of my head, but um, check it out. Yeah, thousand dollar computer. Let's check. <laughs> <see it. laughs> um, I just started following like yesterday, and it was like craft cocktails. I think it was like different types of chef like cooking different ways and it uh-huh. wasn't like the regular like off the grill type of um I don't know, it was something unique about it. Yeah. But uh yeah, I feel like there a lot of places sprouting up in different parts of of uh, Boston and outside of craft food halls.
0: Craft food halls. Yes. Good thing you looked it up because that's not even. Yeah, on the I that thought it said it I, I said walls,
1: but it was halls. Yeah, craft food halls.
0: Dope, dope. yeah, that's something I definitely. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, so it
1: was just super random. It came across like in my feed or something, or and then it was just like, oh man, like look at these drinks, look at this food. This looks amazing. Like and yeah, like yeah. you said, sometimes you just think everything is in downtown proper way, but that's not the case.
0: So. Yeah, and 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 that really is the power of social media. We had. um the general manager of Bodega, Bodega Canal here, um, uh, Jason, Yeah, uh, a few episodes ago. And and we talked about just
1: like. Tell Jason so, he needs to get some Hennessy in there. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and uh,
0: But we talked about the importance of like Instagram ability. Yeah. Like within just like venues or restaurants. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean, where like, if you're able to do the large format stuff that everyone's taking pictures yep. of or like the painting that every oh, well, girl does yeah, the yeah, IG yeah, on. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? absolutely. It goes a long way. Long and you, way. It worked literally worked on you with this, yeah. with this Waltham spot that, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have found otherwise. Unless yeah, absolutely. She was
1: looking right. Yeah. Um, and very important.
0: Yeah. Super, super important. What are uh just things that we should be looking out for? Um, Things in the works. uh Where can we um, find
1: you? Well, my Instagram handle is I am Boston, which is also <laughs> the coolest. I
0: mean, did you, is it one of those things that you got it just from like early, early Instagram days and just kept it on lock or.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. Cause I always said like, I, because I travel a lot, um, I represent Boston, like so. I say that I am Boston. It's not like a, you know, like an ego thing. It's literally yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I represent the city. That because a lot, it's funny. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm 42. So, mm-hmm. well, a long time ago, people didn't think there were any black people in Boston. <laughs> like, no, yeah, their, their yeah. only their only vision of Boston was like what they saw in like the real world. And mm. I don't even know if you're new. Like no, I know the real world. I know the world. So there was a Boston yeah, yeah, season, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know. You know, I think there was like one, one or two black people like the whole season, and right, then like, right, what's right. going on? Like, yeah. so like that was just one of those things. Like, you know, I just felt the need to, to lock that down, and that was me. Yeah, best, best
0: Instagram <laughs> in the city, for sure. It's, it's funny uh, you saying that because uh, a random story. I, I went to Miami once with my boy, mm. and we were in the club, just like going hand, whatever, whatever. And you know, it's Miami, so you meet tons of people that are like not from Florida, and we just bump into these dudes that we just happen to be like partying with the last two hours. And I was just like, yo, like, where y'all from? Yeah. They're like, oh, we're from Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. We just drove down here, whatever, whatever. I'm like, oh, dope. And they're like, where are you from? I'm from Boston. And they get, like, super serious. <laughs> and they just get real quiet. And one of them gets mad close to me and he just goes, yo, Boston Strong, bro. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yo, like, I've seen the movies. Like, 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 y'all really go through some shit over there. And I'm like, and it's, and it's funny because I was like, if i just sort to think of miami vice i mean miami i'll think of miami vice yeah, and like yeah. these movies from there so if you never been to boston right, you just right. think of the movies. movies yeah and, and so yeah. and they're they're like you must be like a bad motherfucker like, i'm like <laughs> i'm like like they probably just think of some like dude that has a gun on me that's yeah. like has a boston accent yeah. from the project like and i was just like yo this is wild so yeah. you, you talk about like representation no, it, of, it, of boston is, yeah it's it's, it's funny up, it's yeah. all
1: it, depending on who you talk to it's it's a different yeah, yeah, perspective yeah. so
0: yeah and uh any any new things plans that we should be looking out for anything like that
1: um right now you know just some more dinners on the Hennessy side uh, like I said we'll still be doing some some bar activations mm-hmm. um this Saturday uh I'll be watching the Canelo fight somewhere I'm not sure where but Canelo's <laughs> fighting uh you know he's a Hennessy fighter so um yeah nothing nothing crazy mm-hmm. uh Couple of things in motion, but until the ink is dry, yeah, yeah, I hear, yeah, 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 I yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so.
0: Well, it's been a huge pleasure talking to you, hey, man. You too, man. And, uh, your story is great. The experience is amazing. I'm sure people are gonna, um, you know, be inspired and just be able to hear that, you know, yeah. you can go from A get to B. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you speaking a lot towards uh, just how um, things can impact culture. You know, uh, imagery, everything like that has been super important and stuff see, that yeah. you know we've always wanted to have. Someone that could actually really speak to it yeah. with experience, yeah. and uh, obviously you fit that bill. So we really appreciate you. Hey, thank you through. for
1: having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and, and good luck with the podcast. Man. Dude, thank you, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So
0: follow him at I Am Boston. Yes, hard to forget. <laughs> as always, follow Dope Entertainment on Instagram. Dope Entertainment official. My bad. Follow at, but I know the DJ uh, on Instagram as well. Support the podcast. Follow me at Give Me Snacks. And as always, we'll keep coming out with the good content. Follow, follow, follow. Like uh, reviews. Share. Shares. Comments. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything you can do. Share it to your mailman. Um, and we'll see you next time. All right. Peace.